Hello, and welcome to Whispers in Your Head. This is a podcast where I'm going to be just recording myself playing Arkham Horror the Card Game, um, and I will try and be descriptive as I play so that you can follow along. I got this idea after listening to the Think on Your Feet series that Frank does on Drawn to the Flame. I got into that podcast and was listening through his episodes and came across that, and I thought, this can't possibly work, right? I'm not going to be able to visualize what's happening in my head, and I, I found that I was able to do that, and that it gave me some insight into how other people play when usually I find it hard to, to find time to go watch live streams and stuff like that. But I can usually do podcasts on my drive into work or something, so I thought, hey, I could do that. It would probably keep me honest when I play, um, because sometimes I, I struggle with the difficulty of, oh, I lost a scenario, I guess I'll just restart it so I can keep this campaign when I'm playing by myself solo. Um, I'm starting this in the thick, or at least what seems like the thick of the COVID-19 quarantine, so I'm finding more time to play solo. Uh, seems like a good good time to start. With that said, I want to just thank all the content creators for the Arkham Horror community for putting out what they put out. Mythos Busters, I've listened to most of their back catalog I've only stopped because I've gotten to the point where I can't proceed without spoilers. So that's also part of the motivation here. My wife and I play together two player and that's my primary outlet for playing the game. Uh, but we only get a chance to play maybe once every two weeks or once a week at most. So we are halfway through the circle undone right now. We just finished, uh, the, for the greater good or the greater good rather. So I'm going to play a solo campaign using The Circle Undone as my, my campaign. So for anyone who hasn't played The Circle Undone, obviously this will contain spoilers. You might not want to listen to it. Anyway, with that said, let's see. Is there anything else I want to touch on before we start? I'm going to be playing a deck that I came up with. Um, I, I Usually net deck, but in this case, I figured I might as well do something creative and interesting. And I made a an Ashcan Pete deck that uses some new cards, and uh, I posted that up on Arkham DB. Uh, the title, I believe, is Duke plays fetch with the Moonstone. I'll be putting that in the show notes of this episode. I'm going to play the play the prelude, the prologue. I had to check my campaign guide there. I'm going to play the the prologue um, mostly because I haven't played with Valentino Rivas, who is the the standalone prologue investigator that I'm going to be playing as. I don't know his story, so I'm going to be reading through that part. If you don't care about the prologue, you can skip this. Um, so I'm I'm interested in feedback for the the deck as I go. I'm going to go through, you know, what the deck is that I'm going to be playing at the end of this. And if you have suggestions or thoughts, you can share them with me. And uh, if if you get them back to me before I record the next episode, they may get incorporated if I uh, feel inclined. So I, I'm gonna read, you know, the the text uh, for the intros and things on cards when it makes sense for me. Right now, I'm I'm gonna read everything in the um, in the prologue. So if you've heard it before, you might want to skip skip forward for a bit. Prologue: Disappearance at the Twilight Estate, Sunday, November twenty second, nineteen twenty five, Arkham, Massachusetts. Though All Hallows' Eve is nearly a month past, a grim melancholy lingers throughout the town. Each morning, a thick fog permeates the streets. Nights are beginning to grow longer, and if you ask around town, you'll hear people swear it's getting darker too. But despite the gloomy mood, progress continues in the sleepy town of Arkham. The election of Nathaniel Rhodes to the United States Senate has upstanding members of the community feeling optimistic about the town's future. And tonight, at his well-appointed estate in French Hill, a man named Joseph Meiger hosts the Silver Twilight Lodge's charity gala. 
an annual members-only event that will turn deadly for several attendees. Ladies and gentlemen, Joseph Meiger announces, raising a glass of champagne and a toast. A hush descends on the room until only the crackle of the fireplace and whispers of gossip can be heard. Allow me to welcome you all into my home for this year's charity gala. We have some very upstanding citizens here tonight, and I thank all of you for your hard work and generosity. Cheers and murmurs of agreement fill the room. Many of the guests raise their glasses to Valentino, one of the most esteemed members of the lodge this year, who sits at the guests of honor table, which is nearest the fireplace. Joseph's assistant, Jerome, blends into the wall behind Joseph, discreetly checking his pocket watch. In another corner of the room, the head housekeeper, Penny, walks from table to table, filling empty glasses and collecting dirty salad plates. Each of you has done great deeds in the name of the Silver Twilight Lodge and our historic city, Joseph continues. Next year, we will continue to shoulder this burden and do what must be done for the sake of progress. Jerome steps forward quietly, interrupting Joseph's speech with the unassuming confidence that comes from years of trusted service. He taps Joseph lightly on his shoulder and shows him the time. I'm afraid I'm already out of time. Thank you all very much for attending, Joseph concludes, bowing. Polite applause rises from the audience, and Joseph walks briskly toward the parlor, followed closely by his assistant. Two servants collect coats as latecomers trickle into the manor, and Gabriella, Joseph's head of security, watches over the entrance with hard eyes and a clenched jaw. Has Mr. Stanford arrived? Joseph asks curtly, tapping his polished leather shoe on the floor. I'm afraid not, Jerome replies, flipping through the last pages of the estate's guest book. But he should be here any minute, Mr. Meiger. Good. I want there to be no problems whatsoever when he arrives. Am I understood? Joseph calls out to Gabriella. Make sure he is well protected. Gabriella nods, patting the handle of her 45 in her shoulder holster. Joseph turns his attention back to his assistant. And have Penny make sure that the main course is kept good and hot while we wait for Mr. Stanford's arrival. Not a single slice is to be served without his presence. Not even from Mr. Rivas, sir? Jerome asks, glancing at Joseph over the rim of his thick glasses. Joseph pauses for a minute, considering... Pour Mr. Rivas another glass of champagne, and I'm sure he'll not complain. Also, I'm still waiting on those accounts I asked you about earlier today. Don't forget, Joseph says, clapping his assistant on the shoulder before walking back into the banquet hall. Jerome nods obediently and heads upstairs. Soon after, the dark mist would appear, and nothing would be the same. Now we're going to skip ahead to the Valentino intro. Are you going to take a break, or are you going to sit there admiring the cue ball all night? You ask with a mocking smile. Your opponent sets the ivory ball back on the table with a sigh. I can't help myself around ivory. You know that, Tino, Adam replies. You rarely see Adam Gensler except during lodge functions, but you prefer his company to that of the stuffy business types who make up most of the lodge these days. He makes his shot, the sudden clattering interrupting the din of the conversation. Your shot, Tino, and do try to avoid hitting the nine ball first. You're always so overeager. Adam chuckles as he moves to the other side of the table, making way for you. That was one time, my friend, one time. You roll your eyes. Truth be told, you've enjoyed coming to these events for the opportunity to give back to the community, not to hobnob with Arkham's gentry. But hobnobbing has its perks. You lean over the table and clear your mind as you line up your shot. The room falls silent as you block out the clamor and the music, focusing all of your attention on the one ball and the corner pocket. You hold your breath and strike the cue ball. It clacks as it hits the target, and the one ball drops effortlessly into the corner pocket. There, you see? It is only then that you realize the silence around you is not just in your mind. All of the light and the warmth has been sucked out of the room. Adam is gone, along with everyone else who was present just moments before you took your shot. Hello? You call out. A dark mist coils about your ankles as you walk around the billiards table. If this is a practical joke of some kind, it's an awfully poor taste, you remark. The only response is the deep growl that emerges from beneath the table. Morbid curiosity compels you to look underneath it, at which point... A dark hound pounces onto your chest, savagely clawing at your torso. You react instinctively, pushing it off your body as hard as you can. 
It lands on the billiards table, causing it to collapse under the creature's weight. You slowly back up as the creature rises to its feet once again and jumps off the broken table, its howling eyes gazing into your soul. Okay, so with that, we are going to start the scenario. Uh, as I said before, I'm playing Valentino, Valentino Rivas, the wealthy philanthropist, philanthropist, rather. He's uh, one will, three intellect, two fight, four agility, silver twilight, and socialite traded. He's got a fast action during a skill test you're performing. Spend two resources. Reduce the difficulty of this test by one. Limit once per round. And his mythos effect is uh, plus one, gain two resources. He's got five health and seven sanity. He starts the game with ten resources. We start in the billiards room. And for those who haven't played the scenario before, all the locations are spectral traded. Um, I guess that won't really mean much unless you've played it. I'm assuming that most people are listening to this uh, have actually already played this. Uh, his opening hand is a 41 Derringer, uh, an opportunist, sure gamble level three from the corset, two copies of Money Talks and two copies of Cunning. Yeah. So we start engaged with the Shadow Hound, and the Spectral Watcher is at the entry hall. Okay, so um, Agenda 1A, Judgment XX. There is no escaping fate. Hear the call and be reborn. Forced, after doom is placed on any card, each investigator must either take one damage or one horror. Two damage or two horror if there is five or more doom in play. Forced, when an investigator is defeated, that investigator must advance this agenda. Do not remove any doom from this agenda when it advances. So I'm going to put a little reminder token on there that there's a forced effect about putting doom. Act 1A, the disappearance. Something terrible has invaded the home of Joseph Meiger. In the moments that follow, you scramble to survive. Forced, when an investigator is eliminated, place each of that investigator's clues on this act instead of his or her location. We won't need to worry about that. And then objective, discover as many clues as you can before your inevitable demise. So we know we're going down. Um, the billiards room has one clue. It's a three-shroud location, spectral traded. It says haunted. You must either discard an asset you control or take one damage. So we don't want to fail. It's a victory one location. The game's room's the game room's warmth and laughter have been replaced with a sense of quiet dread. Tendrils of black mist slither from underneath the collapsed billiard table, twisting and swaying along the floor in a formless dance. And the picture is of the broken table with mist, black mist coming up from underneath it. Okay, so we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven cards in hand. Uh, we want to probably try and evade the Shadow Hound. Grab this clue, I think action two, and then get out of the trophy room. That would be ideal. Let's see how that goes. Action one is evade. We are a four on one. I'm gonna commit the opportunist to this. So I'm a five on one here. We get the mythos token. Hey, uh, so we gain two resources. So we go up to 12. That's awesome. So we evade the Shadow Hound. We get Opportunist back. And then action two, I think we're going to investigate. We're going to use a Cunning for this. So that is base into like three plus four, five, six. Uh, so six on three. Investigate. The Mythos token again. Okay. High rolling in a big way. 
So we're up to 14 resources. We grab that clue. We grab upper, oh, I didn't use opportunist, but cunning is gone. Did not need to use that. Okay, so third action, we move into the trophy room. Flanking this door are two rotting deer heads mounted on the wall. They stare at you with hollow dead eyes. We, let's see, so it's a two shred location with one clue. It's haunted, lose two resources. For each resource you cannot lose from this effect, take one horror. Rotting animal heads adorn the room's wood paneled walls. Once a display of power and sovereignty, now macabre, uh, now macabre displays of death and decay. You cannot help but feel their empty eyes drill through you as you explore the room. Okay, clue on there. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six cards in hand still. So we've used the cunning. Oh, that's our third action. Yeah. So enemy phase, the Shadowhound stands up. The Spectral Watcher hunts up into the Victorian halls. And he's one away from us. He's in the center of the cross, and we are one to the left in the trophy room. So that's enemy phase upkeep. We get a resource. So we are now at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 15 resources. Oh, man. Cunning is now. Oh, no. no. Uh, cunning is, isn't as great, but the. Um, what card is it? Uh, Money Talks is very strong now. We are a six test on Money Talks. So the Spectral Watcher, hmm. Oh, sorry, uh, top of the round. So Mythos Phase, we do a Doom, and that means that we take a damage or a horror. So we'll elect to choose a horror here. Elect to take a horror. So we are one of seven. <clears throat> and then Encounter card is a Wraith. It's a 2-2-2 two, two, two mon Monster Geist Spectral Hunter. Force when Wraith is defeated by damage, except for except from a spell or relic. Instead of discarding it, attach it to its location. Attached location gains haunted spawn wraith at this location. So that's engaged with us. So, okay. So we could evade this thing, grab the clue, move into the location with a spectral watcher, have it ping us for a damage, try and evade it and head over to the balcony, maybe. Um, I don't think that we, I think we're just going to evade everything and just kind of run away. The Wraith is a hunter. Everything's a hunter, huh? Oh, there's my cat. That's Olive. Um, so I could throw a, a Derringer. No. Yeah. So I think we're just going to evade. Um, we'll do opportunist again. feels nice. So opportunist makes us a five on two. Let's see what we get. Zero. So we evade the Wraith. We investigate now. Um, Valentino's base intellect is a three. I'm gonna use the cunning. So that is six on two. Minus one, we get the clue. So that's two clues, that's good. And then we could move to the Spectral Watcher feels probably better than uh, the other option is to put the derringer down um then we'll have the watcher and the wraith on us and i don't feel like getting bogged down with two enemies is good here oh we also got a, a victory point from that billiards room although i don't think they carry into the actual scenario here so yeah third action we'll move into the the victorian halls let's read that one the warm rays that once illuminated these halls have faded into beams of cold gray moonlight that shine through floating motes of dust and wisps of dark mists. 
Okay, so we flip it over. A haunting stillness lingers through the frigid dead halls. The many paintings that adorn the walls have faded and become unrecognizable, and the metal statuettes flanking the corridors have completely rusted over. So it's a four-shroud location with zero clues, and the haunted effect is lose one action. Um, so end of our turn, we have the Spectral Watcher engaged with us. And um, that way, when we get to the enemy phase, the Wraith is going to ready. The Shadow Hound is going to move into the location with the Wraith. Um, and then the Spectral Watcher is going to hit us for one and one. So we're at two horror and one damage. That's the end, of, the end of the enemy phase. Then we upkeep, we get a resource. I suppose I should make some change here for threes. Um, I'm using the luxury playstyle tokens, which have a one and a three side. That'll make it a little easier to count these. There, we have three, six, nine, plus six is 15. 16 resources, man, he's rich. Uh, okay, so end of enemy phase, we did resource phase, top of the round we do a doom in the mythos phase. So that way we take, uh, we'll take another horror, I guess. That'll take us down to four horror and five health, uh, four, four and four. So we're equal. And then our encounter card is Whispers in the Dark. Omen, Spectral, Revelation, put Whispers in the Dark into play next to the agenda deck. Each location gains Haunted, take one horror. Forced, when the round ends, discard it. So put a little reminder token on that. Um, okay, it's time for the round. So first we try and evade this Spectral Watcher, right? And we go over to, I feel like, the Master Bedroom. Because everything else is just coming after us and we're just going to have a bad time when they all catch up to us. Uh, okay. Yeah, so how are we going to evade? We have, we can't evade... What did we say we had? 16? So Money Talks is a half, so it's an 8. Really? Nice. So, yeah, I guess. Yeah, okay, so let's do a Money Talks Evade. And that puts us at a base of 8 versus the Spectral Watchers 3. It's a 0. So we evade the Spectral Watcher. Second action, we move into the master bedroom. Unrevealed side says, This unmarked door is old and partially rotted, set in a quiet corner of the upstairs hallway. A thick, dark fog seeps beneath the door and wafts around your feet. The master bedroom. It's a three-shard location, one clue. And it says, Haunted, place one of your clues on master bedroom, and it's a victory one location. Don't want to place a clue on there. I don't care about the victory point. Um, okay, so we want to be successful here. What's our hand looking like at this point? I think we've used both both cunnings and one money talks. I think we can, if we investigate, base investigates a three and a four with the opportunist, it's not good enough. I think we use the other money talks here to do an eight on three and do not draw the auto fail. It's a skull, which is a minus five. If you fail, this is an uh, and this is an attack or an evasion attempt to resolve each haunted ability on your location. So they just really want haunted to happen. Um, but an eight on three means that minus five is successful somehow. Incredible. We got that clue. So that was evade, move, investigate. And we're done. Enemy phase. 
the Spectral Watcher readies, the Shadowhound and the Wraith both hunt into the Victorian Hall, so all three of them are in the same location, hot on our tail. <laughs> it's not good. Um, that's the enemy phase resource uh, upkeep. No deck of cards. So we go up to seven, uh, three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. 12, 15, 16, 17. And we do a, a Doom. And that will hit us for one of our sets. I guess we'll just do a damage. A two of five damage. And our encounter card is Obscuring Fog. Ha ha, I don't care about that. Um, and then it's time for our turn. So investigation phase. Let's move into the balcony. A shattered glass door leads onto the balcony outside the estate's master bedroom. We enter it. It's a one-shroud location with one clue. It says, Haunted, each of your cards with health takes one direct damage. Clouds of dark mist loom above French Hill. Spectral shapes surround the balcony, moaning and writhing in torment. It's a bad time. All right. So we're on the balcony. It's got a clue. Uh, we could last action investigate. We don't care about... Oh, well, direct damage is us. Um, sure, let's investigate with an opportunist. That's four, five. Five on one. Zero, we get that clue. All right, we got four clues. I think there's only one left on the board since the entry hall is blocked. Um, and that was move, investigate. And I guess we put that Derringer down and try and fight him off. Uh, that's our turn. And now, monster phase, they all hunt. What am I gonna do this turn? I can't draw cards. <laughs> I'm just gonna wait for them all to kill me. Yeah, I could move in and try and like kill the Shadowhound or, or kill the kill the Wraith, I suppose. That wouldn't be too bad. Okay, um, so they moved. We get a resource. Let me do a Doom, that is our fourth. Doom will take a horror. Four of seven. Our encounter card is a Whispers in the Dark. Oh, right. Um, so the last one gets discarded at the end of the last round, and we get a new one. So, yeah, more haunted stuff. Okay, and then it's time for our turn. I think since we have the Derringer and a Sure Gamble left, and we the only objective left is to get to the office, we're going to move in, engage all three of these jerks and then we're going to use the derringer so move and then we'll attack the wraith and we want to be successful by two or more so we kill the wraith so we'll spend one ammo off the wraith or the the derringer rather um i'm a, I'm a fight two on two and i'm hoping i'm going to draw a negative two <laughs> or worse it's the auto fail it doesn't have retaliate um, okay, so last action, we'll do it again with another ammo. It's a minus two, so we'll use the sure gamble and spend two resources. And we will kill the wraith, which means that it becomes a haunted effect, but we won't be investigating there. So we did what we wanted to do and try and lessen some of the pain. There may be a way to go get that last clue. Let's see. So end of the round, these things don't hunt. Um, but they do attack, so it's two damage and a horror. So that means we're going to go to five damage. No, we're at two, so it'll go to four. 
um, and one horror takes us to five of seven. So four of four of five health. Four damage out of five health. So we're about to die if we take one more damage. So that's the end of the enemy phase. Upkeep, we get a resource, and we do a doom, and that is our fifth. So it's two or more damage or horror. Instead, if there are five or more doom in play, there are five. We take two. Can we take two, three, four, five, six, seven? Nope, that's it. We die, right? Because if I take a damage, I die from that. And if I take a damage, two damage, two horror, rather, I will get to seven and I'll die. So that's it. Um, we are forced. When we're defeated, uh, we have to advance this agenda. So we go to agenda 1B your demise in the missing persons section of our campaign log next to your character profile make a record that characters fate as follows then flip this agenda back over so we were defeated by if there are seven more doom if you're defeated uh, so spectral watcher didn't kill us monster didn't kill us there were not seven or more doom in play so we didn't disappear into the mist so we were pulled into the spectral realm okay so there's a a preview hopefully that wasn't too hard to follow and i was moderately entertaining uh yeah it was an interesting time playing as valentino so i said i was going to do this let me pull out the deck list or the deck rather that i'm going to be playing through i'll just flip through it and you can tell me what you think so i'm playing an ashcan p deck uh or rather a duke deck and his trusty human and we are playing with a couple of cool things his his five cards that are non-survivor and non-neutral are uh two hawkeye folding cameras i'm just gonna flip through here uh two withers and a shriveling so we are trying to go high willpower and take advantage of that to be uh, a little spellcaster dude so the Hawkeye folding cam cameras are augmented by two Moonstones, which work kind of nicely with his discard fast action to ready Duke, or ready an asset, but usually Duke. So if we get Moonstone in hand, Moonstone is a newer card. It's a three-cost asset that says you get plus one willpower, willpower and plus one agility. You cannot play or commit Moonstone from your hand. I don't know why you'd commit it. There's no icons on it. Uh, fast reaction or a reaction rather after you discard moonstone from your hand play it paying its cost so yeah so so we're the idea is to get the moonstones in hand ready duke using them and then play them in one action get higher willpower and agility so he'll be a base six or seven willpower if we get the hawkeyes out maybe eight um and then high intellect with the hawkeyes uh it's not too hard to get past those first few locations with duke because he's a pretty good investigator um then the hawkeyes charge up for those higher shred locations use wither and shriveling to kill off the baddies um there are two stray cats stray cats in our deck for the ally slot and the idea there is that they're they're cheap i don't really care too much about them because they're going to get at least one of them is going to get replaced by Miss Doyle and her her little cat army, and then potentially Jessica Hyde. Um, I don't know. 
we'll see about her. But yeah. Uh, oh, the other the other fun part about this deck is the include of three Glimmer of Hopes. Um, and those are just really fun to just have, uh, you know, one action draw two or three Glimmers out of your discard. Uh, th- that's a one cost event. It's got a, a wild pip and it says myriad, a Glimmer of Hope can only be played from your discard pile. Add all copies of Glimmer of Hope in your discard pile to your hand, including this copy. So you can play the event to draw three of them in your hand on the first turn and then commit them, you know, toss one to ready Duke and then commit the rest to whatever skill test. They're pretty cool. we got some stunning blows, perseverances, uh, a couple of overpowers, resources, resourcefuls, some tick hearts and luckies. Yeah. That's the basic idea. So let me know what you think. Uh, again, check the show notes. There should be a link to the deck in there. Leave a comment on the deck on ArkhamDB if you want. And um, yeah, stay tuned. Subscribe. This should be on Apple, iTunes, locations, and, and Google podcasts, all that stuff. Um, in the next week or two, I think it takes a little while for them to sort this out. It has in the past on my other podcasts. If you've enjoyed this, let me know. You can send feedback to whispersinyourheadpod at gmail.com. You can find me on the Mythos Busters Discord. My name there, I think, is my nickname is Eric, Whispers in Your Head. Uh, my username is Canister. I'm doing this as part of the network of podcasts and content creation that is under the, the umbrella of Board Game Informant. Uh, that's our board game channel on YouTube. We've started doing a tabletop simulator series where i'm teaching one of my co-hosts from another show arkham and we're we're going through carcosa as his first campaign so if you're interested you can tune in and watch us live stream those we're going to do one of those on sunday this coming sunday march 29th at about 8 30 p.m eastern time so tune in for that and yeah stay tuned for the next one where we actually do a real real episode real scenario thanks for listening folks See you next time.